This is episode 129 with Melissa Ambrosini. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Melissa Ambrosini is the best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and another book called Open Wide. She's the host of number one podcast, The Melissa Ambrosini Show, a motivational speaker and self-love teacher. She was named a self-help guru by Elle magazine. Her message that love is sexy, healthy is liberating and wealthy isn't a dirty word has inspired women across the globe to activate their dreams and live a life on their own terms. Now, for all men who are listening and thinking, hmm, is this episode just value for women? Let me assure you that it's not, and everything we speak about is applicable to you if you are human. That's what I love about Melissa's work. Whilst she has niched her market with women and has a massive global impact with women, us blokes can also learn a lot and be inspired by her work. Melissa has also kindly donated one of each of her two books for me to give away to you guys as loyal listeners of the podcast. They're both bestsellers and you'll hear Melissa speak about them and refer to them in this episode so you'll understand more about what they're about. Now, how I'd like to do this giveaway is in our closed Facebook group for this podcast community. If you're not a member, you can jump onto Facebook and join. So just search the group section for Your Life of Impact podcast community. Now, to be in the running to win one of the two books, you just need to post in the Facebook group what one aha moment was for you from this episode, one of your key take-home messages. Now, that's because at the end of every episode, as you know, I ask each guest how we, you and I, can help them on their journey. Now, Melissa asked for you to share three of your aha moments with us on her Instagram So please feel free to do that so you're connecting with her on her Instagram. But to win one of these books, I'd love you to create the post in the Facebook group sharing one, at least, more if you want to, of your aha moments from this episode. I'm going to keep this competition running for about four weeks after the release date of this episode. So if it's a while later that you're listening to this, you can still go into the running. Now, if you're listening before... August 5th, I guess it will be, then you can join the Facebook group, share your aha moment, one or more of them, and you're in the running. Simple as that. Okay, in this episode, we discuss why Melissa believes that all people on the planet should do ongoing inner personal development work, why there's no judgment to people who don't do the inner work. We discuss Melissa's epic health battles and why she changed the trajectory of her life dramatically. I also get vulnerable with Melissa and discuss how I used to judge her and not resonate with her way of being. 
her message, her way of communicating her message until I had an aha moment and a bit of a connected realization and then started following her podcast and her work really closely from then. We then discuss why judgment is a toxic human behavior and what we can do to move away from our judgment. We talk a lot about crystal clear communication in all relationships. We discuss how Melissa and her husband Nick create guidelines and boundaries to ensure they're always nourishing their relationship. We discuss running business with your loved ones and how to set great boundaries and why the grass is not greener on the other side. It's always greener where you water it. Before we hear from Melissa, I just want to give you a quick reminder. We have our Gut Health and Gut Brain Connection online program kicking off very soon. So this is an online program designed to help you cut through the confusion and teach you habits and strategies to improve the quality of your life from the gut to the brain and beyond. Check out all the info at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash gut health. And of course, as always, reach out directly with any questions at all. Okay, now let's hear from the legend herself, Melissa Ambrosini. So Melissa, who do you believe doesn't need to do personal development work? And I mean, like, the real work to get to know themselves at a deeper level? Oh gosh, I think every single person on this planet needs to do the inner work. I've not met anyone yet that hasn't or doesn't need to do the work. So I feel like we're, you know, this is why we're here in this earth suit, in earth school is to grow and learn and evolve. And because what we, the only thing that we can take with us once we leave, we can't take these material possessions, but the only thing we do take with us is the evolution of our soul. And so this is why we're here is to grow and learn and evolve. And if we're not doing the inner work, then that's not happening. So I feel like we're all here to do the inner work. Why do you believe, I completely agree, why do you believe that a lot of people don't go down the personal development journey or they they don't go down that journey as much as they can to get that full human experience? You know, isn't it in the matrix, they say you take the, the red pill or the blue pill and it's a lot of people are here in this realm and their soul may not evolve and that's part of that soul's journey and there's a lot of ignorance is bliss but i just feel like either they haven't been exposed to it maybe you know or they haven't had one of those realizations and a lot of people get on this journey you know unfortunately from a crisis whether it's a health crisis or a death or something like that and that's what propels a lot of people to get on the journey and to start doing the inner work and some people you know they just are evolved and they just come into this world a little bit more um conscious and intuitive and you know i think some people why they don't evolve is because it's not that soul's journey or that soul's path in this lifetime 
Is it also an, an educational aspect where people don't actually realise that, that it's that it's an option? Yeah, definitely. I definitely some people have not been exposed to it. Um, they maybe have never, you know, stumbled across a personal development or a spiritual book or person or TED Talk or podcast or anything like that. Maybe they've just never been exposed to that. So that's definitely one case. But then there are people that I know personally that have been exposed to that and still don't want to get on the journey. They still don't want to go inward. And that's that soul's journey. So that soul doesn't want to evolve and doesn't want to go to the next level due to whatever it's got to learn in this lifetime. That is what it's got to learn, you know, to, to be okay with being where they're at. But definitely some people have not been exposed to, you know, the information that is out there that can propel them onto their path. I love it how you put it like that because that suspends all judgment when you say that that's that soul's decision, they're aware of it, but that's their decision and maybe that's their learning curve. I feel like that all of a sudden what I'm reading from you is that you just suspend judgment. Have you always been able to to see it in that way or was there periods of time where you think, why isn't everyone doing this work? It's so amazing. There was definitely a period of time when I first got on my journey and started doing all this inner work and healing my relationship with myself and, you know, especially to the people around you, the people closest to your parents and your family and your friends you know, I would look at them and I'm like, why don't you want to go inward? Like, why don't you want to meditate? Like, why don't you want to? And there was definitely um, judgment, but, but also like just disbelief. Like I just shock, I couldn't believe. But then I realized that every soul has come here to go on its own journey And that soul's journey is to be where it's at. And it's not my role to place judgment on that. My role is to just make sure I'm doing the work. And that's all that I can do. What made you take that journey in the first place? My inward journey, you mean? Yeah. So I know that you were a dancer and you had uh, a few issues with your health. Is Can you sort of take us through that story to to how you led to going on that journey yourself, that inward journey? Yes, absolutely. So um, this started for me in 2010 and I was, before that, before 2010, I was, this is my, my first life, my dress rehearsal in this realm, I like to call it. And I was a professional dancer. So I danced at the Moulin Rouge in Paris and I did TV presenting and acting and a bit of modeling. And I was completely burning the candle at both ends. My measure of success was, you know, what I looked like, the boyfriend I had, the handbag, the car I drove, all of that sort of thing. Um, I was partying, um, not nourishing my body, you know, living off junk food. And I had a very unhealthy relationship with myself, my body. I was dealing with depression and anxiety and panic attacks. I was on sleeping tablets because I had insomnia. I was really unhappy and unhealthy and at a very dark place in my life. And I kept on ignoring all of these warning signs to stop and slow down and to look at my life, like just kept on going, kept on 
burning the candle, kept on putting my foot right to the, the pedal, right down on the pedal, sorry, and just running in fifth gear. And I was in and out of hospital with different little health scares and just kept on ignoring them. I was like, nope, too busy. I've got to keep going. I can sleep when I'm dead. That was my mantra. And it was all just about these outside measures of success that that was what I was, you know, running my life on. And so it wasn't until in 2010 that I actually ended up in hospital with my health completely taken away from me. And I was in hospital for just over a week. And then it took me a long time to recover from that. But basically my entire immune system shut down. And because I had so many health issues, um, it manifested as all sorts of different things like chronic fatigue and thyroid problems and hormones all over the place. I had eczema all over my body and hives and uh, acne. And then I contacted the cold sore virus and I had cold sores all over my face, in my mouth and down my throat. And that was kind of like the last straw for me and my body just completely pulled the plug out of the socket and was like, you've got to stop. And, you know, I'm grateful it wasn't something even more dramatic than that because a lot of people have to get an even bigger wake-up call and the, you know the universe is giving us these little messages all the time and it was giving me these little nudges these little whispers and I wasn't listening and so then it had to whack me over the head in order for me to stop and listen and when I was in hospital it was an incredibly challenging time I was had just been dumped by the guy I was seeing. And also my friends had also just dumped me because uh, these were my quote unquote friends, my, my toxic friendships that I, you know, my party friends, but they didn't want to be my friend anymore because I didn't want to party. And I was, you know, starting to get worn out and I was going through such a hard time that they just wanted to keep going forward. And, and um, I was, I couldn't. And so I had my mum and my dad by my side in the hospital and a new friend that I just recently met around that time in a yoga class, um, there was a few of them, they sent me a package and in that package was a book that changed my entire life and that book was Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. Ah, beautiful. Yes, and I was reading that book and I would turn to my mum and I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? Like, why didn't you tell me that we create our life? Why didn't you tell me that we are the creators of everything that is manifesting? Why didn't you tell me this stuff? And she just looked at me like I was absolutely crazy and said, you know, Melissa, I was doing the best that I could. And given she absolutely was and she still is. And that moment changed my whole life. I then one, the next day she came in, I asked her to bring in just a journal for me. And I just started journaling, never journaled before in my life. And I just started journaling. And there was this voice inside me that said, if you get healthy and happy again, you will live a life beyond your wildest dreams. And I had no idea what that voice was. I now know it was my intuition, but back then I wouldn't know what, I wouldn't have known what my intuition was if it hit me over the head. (laughs) And 
I just decided I made it my absolute mission to get healthy and happy again. And I had no idea how to do that. But I just decided that this was what I had to do because the alternative was suffering, suffering. And I had done so much of that, that I was just, I was over it. I was at rock bottom. I was done. And I thought, okay, whatever is on the other side of this, I have to follow it because I can't sit here anymore. It's just too much. So that was how I got on my path. And I went from there, I went and got my health sorted first because you can't really do anything without your health. Like if you're bedridden, you can't do anything. And so that was the lowest hanging fruit for me. So I went and studied holistic nutrition and I became a certified holistic health coach. So that taught me how to look after my body. It taught me how to nourish my body. And that's something I'd never done before. Um, you know, I had very, very destructive, unhealthy eating habits and a relationship with my body. I had an eating disorder. So for me, it was uh, something that was completely foreign. And then I realized that it's not just about what you put in your mouth. It's the thoughts that you think are even more powerful. You know, you could be drinking all the green smoothies in the world, but if you've got an incredibly loud inner mean girl, as I like to call it, which is your inner critic, your ego, then you know, you're only going to get so far. And so I went on and I studied meditation and became a meditation teacher. And I did my yoga teacher training because I wanted to learn about the body in that way. Um, and I studied Ayurveda. I studied acuenergetics, which is energy healing work. And I studied um, life coaching as well. And I began sharing everything that I was learning on this thing called a blog, which back then, you know, no, not many, not many people had blogs back then. This is like 2000 and very started 2011. And I began sharing everything I was learning and I attended every personal development seminar that I could go to. I read every personal development and spiritual book that I could get my hands on and became obsessed with this world and because I started to feel better and I started to feel like I had purpose and I began getting asked to speak as a motivational speaker and wrote my first book Mastering Your Mean Girl and ran my own events and created online programs and products and meditations and ebooks and started my podcast and wrote my second book and yeah, that's kind of how it's all unfolded. And when you mentioned there before about being a dancer in Moulin Rouge and you kind of commented there that you, you didn't know how to nourish your body and you were probably treating it completely the opposite to how you are now. What, what was your, when you talk about just the specifics of the, the foods that you would eat to give you the energy? Because I imagine that you're demands as a dancer at Moulin Rouge were quite high dancing probably almost every day and doing shows how was your health around that and the reason I ask that is because I think people see see some athletes or top dancers in those positions and think well they look really fit so therefore they're healthy oh no 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 I mean I know some of you know, the, the quote unquote fittest looking people who are incredibly unhealthy on the inside. So 
No, I had no idea. I had zero idea. I was eating, I was living off processed junk food, full of sugar, full of gluten, full of dairy. I was incredibly inflamed. I was always tired. I was always sore. At the Moulin Rouge, you do two shows a night, six nights a week. So that's 12 shows a week. It is a lot on your body. It's physically exhausting. You, you know, I was in pain every single day. Um, on, on top of that, I was just drinking a ton of alcohol, partying and, you know, all of that and then not sleeping as well. So, yes, I may have been exercising um, and, you know, looked okay on the outside, even though when I look back, I was incredibly inflamed. I had a lot of inflammation, a lot of puffiness. Um, yeah, on the inside, I was really unhealthy. And then to top that all off, I had an incredibly toxic relationship with myself, you know, and um, my inner mean girl was telling me all sorts of negative, nasty, fear-based things, like I'm not good enough and pretty enough and skinny enough and all of those negative things. And so my relationship with myself, my relationship with my body was definitely an unhealthy one and something that I have really had to work on. It sounds like that your that adversity of putting you in hospital from a very unhealthy state, that that pain was stronger than the pain of staying uh, on the path that you were and that's what's allowed you to to change your trajectory back then and when I look at health when for a lot of people they don't have a reference point to be able to work on I remember someone saying to me once when I was running well-being programs and they said just be aware that most of the people in and there's 150 people in the room for a couple of days and they said just be aware that most people won't have the same reference point as you to understand what you're talking about from your perspective. And I thought, well, I'm not here to give people my reference point. I'm here to educate on what it means to improve our reference point. Do you find, how do you find that sort of state with people in, in terms of those that might not have a very healthy, and I'm not just talking about food aspect here, I'm talking about the inner mean girl, so the ego aspect, the relationship with self, the happiness, the pride, for those that don't have a great reference point. Mm. Oh, it's, it's so tricky because it's all relative to where you're at and, and where you're at on your journey as well. And I don't want people to have to experience the health crisis or the bankruptcy or the relationship breakdown, divorce, you know, I don't want people to have to get to that point in order to make a shift. And so I would always inspire people to go within and ask themselves a couple of questions. And some of those questions could be, do I feel the healthiest, happiest and strongest that I've ever felt? And if no, okay, why not? Like what can I do to get to feeling the healthiest, happiest and strongest that I can? And then, you know, do I feel content within my relationship or relationships? And if not, what can I do to improve that? 
And then same with your career or your work. Like, am I really content? Do I feel like I'm on purpose? Do I feel like I'm adding value and doing something that I love and being of service to the world and doing something that inspires me to get out of bed every morning? And if the answer is no, then okay, well, this is something that you need to look at. So the reference point doesn't have to come from the crisis. The reference point can come from simply asking yourself some of those deep questions and going from there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Certainly does. Is that what your book of Mastering the Mean Girl is helping to unpack as well? Can you just talk to to us a little bit about that book and how is it also applicable for men? Oh, yeah. So basically, Mastering Your Mean Girl is all about mastering that negative, fear-based, egoic voice inside your head. And so everything in the book applies to men because we all have that negative, fear-based voice inside our head. Absolutely. Exactly. And I've, and I've had lots of men read the book and um, they've got heaps out of it. And they kind of like that I use the reference beautiful a lot because it makes them feel good too. Um, so yeah, it, it applies to both men and women. All of my work, all of my books, um, everything I do does apply to men as well. Um, but basically Mastering Your Mean Girl, yeah, it's all about mastering that fear-based negative voice inside your head and coming back into your heart. Because women have between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. Men have around 40,000. So we have almost double the amount of thoughts than you guys. And that's cool, you know, whatever. But that means that we're having to master our main goal maybe a lot more than you guys have to, right? And so I teach in the book a little three-step Mastering Your Mean Girl process that you can take yourself through whenever that fear-based limiting, you're not good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, you'll never get out of debt, you'll never meet the guy or the girl, who do you think you are, you can't write a book. Whenever that voice pops up in your head, I've got a three-step process that helps you master it and gets out of your head and come back into your heart, which is what we have to do. And sometimes you might have to do that 60 to 80,000 times a day. I sure as hell did when I first started. And now I might have to do it like once a day, maybe not even, you know, sometimes more. Um, But the more you practice it, the stronger you get. It's like going to the gym and doing your squats. The more you do your squats, the tighter your booty is going to get. And same with mastering that voice inside your head. The more you do it, the more you practice it, whenever it pops up, the better you're going to get at it. And the stronger you're going to flex that muscle and the more you're going to live from your heart and not your head. I love that because it's a resonating message throughout this podcasting journey from anyone who has done the work. And I love how you say that it's it's always evolving. You've obviously done you didn't only do the work to learn about it yourself, you studied it and then have taught it as well. What are some of your, you said sometimes you might have to use these steps once a day, sometimes not, sometimes many times a day. What are your most consistent challenges on an ongoing basis where you do find yourself mastering your mean girl in your personal life these days? Mm, That's a good question. Before I answer that, I just wanted to say, you said, um, and I just wanted to clear this up. You said someone who's done the work, I've done, but doing, I'm doing, and you know, Absolutely. still doing. And, and that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone on your podcast is still doing the work. You know, anyone who's like, I'm done, like, you know, <laughs> wipe my hands clean. Like I'm, I'm done. I don't need to do anymore. Like, yeah, I'd like, I'd, I want to meet them, you know, like, <laughs> 
I want to meet them. So, um, yes, I'm, I'm always still doing. And for me, okay, where does she pop up still? And I'm just trying to think of a, a recent example. Hmm. Okay, I guess, um, you know, she's popped up around. I've had to do a bit of rewriting of my money story. I've, I've done a lot of a lot of work around my relationship with money. And many years ago, I rewrote my money story. And I noticed that sometimes she pops up around that. And uh, I've got a, a little example. A couple of years ago, this was just the first example that popped into my head. Uh, we were moving house. We wanted to move closer to the beach. Um, in Bondi. This is back, yeah, a few years ago now. And the rent was a lot more expensive than what we were currently paying. And my mean girl immediately popped up. You can't afford this. That's too extravagant. Who do you think you are living in this type of apartment? It's, you know, too lush, you know, you're a show off, that sort of thing. Like all of that just going round and round in my mind. And I was like, whoa, stop. Whoa. And I took myself through that three-step process and mastered her and came back into my heart and realized that it was all just her trying to plant these seeds of doubt and fear. And I was able to master her and move on, which was really good. Beautiful. And that three-step process that you talk about, I'm going to suggest that everyone gets the book and, and reads about it and, and continues to do the work if they're on that journey or starts to do the work and, and can be highlighted from there. Now, I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper and a couple of topics shortly, but before we do, we've already been chatting for a while, but I just want to say, Melissa Ambrosini, welcome to Your Life of Impact. Thank you. I have been aware of your work for a few years now since my gorgeous fiance Marie went to your book launch, one of the book launches in Sydney when we were living there. And Oh, which which one did she come to? She was we I think it was in Balmain because we were living in Roselle at the time or near there, mm-hmm. sorry, in in Dremoyne. and uh, it might have been even to do with Lululemon were you connected with them for the book launch? I did do a couple of talks with them, yes. Yes. So it must have been uh, one of the ones that was connected with them. And and that was the first time I'd been exposed to you and your work, but then also now we've been connected through your humbling abundantly connected soulful husband and that's uh, Nick Broadhurst who I had on the podcast uh, a while ago and I've had so much great feedback on that episode so I was just stoked to have you uh, come on and speak your experiences on the other side of the puzzle uh, to, (laughs) to give your abundance of value today and that's where I'd love to sort of talk about relationships while we're connecting uh, the, the connection there between you and Nick. And on Nick's podcast when he was doing it, he, he spoke very openly about your relationship from communication to sexual aspects. And you have written a book that covers a lot of areas of relationships. So I'd love to know how, how would you explain your relationship with Nick and what are some practices or communications that you guys 
put in place to ensure that you're always nourishing and flourishing in that relationship? Mm. Yeah, we have a lot of practices and I talk a lot about them in my second book, Open Wide. And one of the biggest one that we practice every day, where we make the intention to practice every day is what I call CCC, crystal clear communication. And this is about communicating from your heart to the other person. So you start with, I feel not you made me feel like this and you did this. We don't want to start there. So we want to start by, I feel, you know, and then go from there. So crystal clear communication has been huge for us. And we've noticed that whenever there's a relationship um, misunderstanding, it's because one of us has failed to practice CCC. And it can feel scary because you're being very open. You're being very honest, authentic, and vulnerable. And it can feel really scary, but it's the only way. The alternative is this vague, wishy-washy, unclear, head-to-head conversation and that just gets you nowhere. And so crystal clear communication has been so powerful for us. It's really been awesome. It's one of our biggest tips and tricks that we that we always come back to. Uh, another thing that is really important to us is we are very intentional about creating space for each other. So making that time for each other um, daily, you know, we are really intentional about it. We, we, we want to, you know, a lot of people say the grass is greener on the other side. And I don't believe that. I believe the grass is greener where you water it. And if you have a plant in your house, if you don't water it, it's going to die, right? And same with a relationship. If you don't water that relationship with love and energy and attention, it is going to die. It's going to fizzle out. It's going to fade out. And we don't want that with our marriage. So we are very intentional about creating the space, creating the time for each other, having um, special time, having dates. We're very, very intentional about that all the time, you know, every day. We do that. And that doesn't mean it has to be a three-hour long fancy dinner. No way. Like it just seriously could be 10 minutes in the morning in bed having a cuddle and a kiss before you get out of bed. Or it could be 10 minutes at night on the couch giving each other a massage. It doesn't have to be long and it doesn't have to be expensive. It's just about you two being together, no phone and, you know, getting someone to look after your kids for those 10 minutes or an hour whilst you have time together. But it's so important. It is so important. If you want your relationship to thrive, you've got to water it. You've got to pour that love and attention and energy into it. And you've got to do it often. It's not something that you can just do once a month. It just, from my personal experience, it just doesn't work. It's, it fizzles out. And Another thing that we're really intentional about and and what allows our marriage to really continue to grow and thrive is, you know, we are intimate with each other a lot because that's, that for us is the ultimate deep connection. It's the thing that you only can do together that you can't do with your best friend or, I mean, you can if you want to, but we choose, I'm just going to speak from my personal 
reality is that we choose to only do that with each other. It's a very special, sacred, precious act. And it's the only thing that we do together that, you know, is very, very precious to us. And we love that time together. And so we're very intentional about creating the space and, and having that time together. And gosh, there's, there's, so, there's so many more, but I think they're like the biggest three. I think the, the one that you started with is probably one that many people neglect, which is the crystal clear communication. And I find that it always comes back to, from my experience, when if there is, Marie and I have a very open, crystal clear communicative relationship. So I love that you put it like that. And But I find that when there is a little bit of disconnect, it often, I haven't communicated things from my perspective. And in my mind, I'm saying, why isn't she meeting me where I'm at? This is where I'm at. But I haven't actually communicated it. So we often say the joke when, when that becomes apparent, oh, couldn't you read my mind today? <laughs> because oh. that's the reality of the space that we operate from. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And ladies listening and men, our partner cannot read our mind. They can't. <laughs> and another one that I wanted to, I talk a lot about this in open wide as well. Another, another little tip that really helps our relationship thrive as well is we always remind each other that expectations ruin relationships. Mm. And when we have this long laundry list of expectations that we place on the other person, then we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. And instead, we want to allow that person to just simply show up how is, however is true for them. And so this is, this is a big one, you know, reminding ourselves to let go of this long laundry list of expectations and just allow them to show up how they want to show up and remember that they can't read our mind. Beautiful. And you, you mentioned the book a couple of times called Open Wide, but the rest of that title is Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex. So to write a book like that, I think, geez, you're bold. You've got to be very <laughs> confident, not just in your knowledge about those areas, but you also have to have the ability to live by it congruently. And that's what I hear from you when you speak it in that way. Oh, totally. And I did so much research for years uh, before that book came out. And yeah, definitely I practice it. And it's interesting because whenever you write a book, you know, if you're, especially if you're writing a book, a personal development and spiritual book, the universe is like, okay, you want to write about this, Melissa? All right, I'm going to test you to make sure that you are living what you're writing about. So there's <laughs> that authenticity. So during writing Open Wide, and Nick will testify to this, our relationship was being tested so much and it was really really interesting and it was like yeah the universe is like okay you want to write about this all right let's let's see how committed you truly are and how you're going to get through it you're going to write about crystal clear communication all right I'm going to throw this situation to you and I want, I want to see if you actually practice it so we were definitely tested and this is definitely how we live our life and um yeah, that doesn't mean we don't forget sometimes as well. We don't forget, you know, sometimes we do forget to practice crystal clear communication. And, uh, but we have the awareness and we have that knowing within us. So we're able to get back on our path a lot quicker 
um, than say a few years ago. On still on the relationship aspect, but a little bit of a turn into the business side. I've got a private Facebook group for this podcast, and I gave the guests in the group an opportunity to ask you a question. And I want to hone in on this one that from Kelly, and she said, "How do you and your husband handle the business dynamic of your relationship?" She says, "As someone who is hoping to enter into business with my husband in the next year." I'm keen to learn how to manage the relationship, the business, and family, etc. <laughs> um, I start with your books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love talking about this. I truly do because, yes, Nick and I both individually we have our own businesses, and then we also run businesses together. So. Uh, Nick is a musician um, and I've got my books and my speaking and everything I'm doing, but we also then do have businesses together. And so it is awesome and it's also, it, it requires love and attention like any relationship. And the best way, we've set some rules, you know, we um, we have a rule that if we, we don't have two separate offices. So our offices, our office is together. It's, it's, it's big, but, um, we have a rule that if you have headphones on, it means do not talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm in flow. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a pod, um, you know, I'm maybe writing a blog post or I am doing something. I'm in focus zone. I'm in, I'm in my zone. So if I've got my headphones on, that means do not interrupt. And same with him. If he's got headphones on, I do not talk to him. Um, If there's something that I need to talk to him about, I'll make a note of it and I'll talk to him about it later. Um, So that is something that's really helped us because we were constantly, because we also both work from home because we choose to because we love that. We've had an office. We've both had offices before and we realized that that was absolutely not what we wanted. We were like, why are we doing this? Like we don't want to, we love our home. Like we want to be able to work in our Ugg boots, which we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And you know, we want, we want to be able to do that. And so um, having the boundaries and just working out those when you first start working together is really important. So the headphone one is really good. And then the headphones that I have on are also noise cancelling headphones. So whenever I'm in my zone, you know, I, I'm not really, I don't get distracted easily. Like if he can walk past and it's fine, I'm in my zone. Um, so just respecting each other in that way is really, really powerful. Um Another thing is knowing how each other works. So one of the best things that you can do is work out your Ayurvedic body type. So I'm a Pitta, he's a Vata. So I am very structured. I'm very organized. If there's a meeting in the calendar, it need, you know, we need to um, stick to it. Where he's a little bit more flexible, he's a bit more go with the flow, even though he's he gets so much done. He's a bit more like where I'm like, no, I need structure. I need order and I need routine. Like that's how I thrive. And so knowing how each other work and, uh, how each other thrive has really been super powerful for our business dynamic. Um, so he knows, okay, you know, Melissa needs a meeting with me here. Not just like, we, I, don't, I don't like just like chatting about work in the hallway or like in the kitchen when we're like passing each other. It's no, like if you want to talk to me about something, like let's have a meeting about it. Um, so just knowing each other um, 
and each other's work styles and, and how that person thrives is really important. And then also bringing in the CCC from your romantic relationship, bringing that into every single relationship um, is really powerful. Um, and then I think as well, yeah, just how we do it and how we really thrive, and this might help Kelly, is we share a calendar together. So we just use the calendar that comes on your Mac and your phone, right? And we sync it. And so um, my all of my stuff's in pink, his is in blue, and then we've got a joint calendar, which is in yellow. So I can literally turn on his calendar and see every meeting he has, he can do the same for me. And then there's all of our family stuff. Anything that's joint is in there in yellow. So it's an amazing way. I don't have to then say to him, oh, can I have a meeting with you then? I can just go in and book it into his calendar. Or, you know, if, if I need to see, if I need to book a Cairo appointment, I don't need to ask him when he's free. I can look in his calendar and I can just book a Cairo appointment for both of us. So, you know, that's, that's really brilliant. I, I can see that working. Some people listening to this won't, won't see the necessity of that and their lives would be very different, but I completely get that. And I think I've just written that down and thought that's what Marie and I are going to do because there's so many times where we're trying to communicate with each other's schedules because we're the same. We work from home together. We run businesses together and separately elements of it separately. So, but there's so many things that we want to do together in that way. So that's a great little tip right there. It is life changing. Seriously, just, it just saves so much time and so much back and forth. Like I don't have to ever ask him, Oh, can we do this? Or I don't, I don't have to ask him. I don't have to ask him when he's free for this or book this dinner or whatever. I just do it because I can see everything that he's doing in his calendar and yeah, both personally and then for us. And then also um, I have a 13 year old bonus son. Um, and so anything to do with him, school drop off, school pickup, um, concerts, uh, school things, that's all in there too. So we don't ever have to have these conversations that are just not necessary. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. There's so much there that uh, Kelly can start with. And like I said, I think I'll reference the books for her to dive into of yours to, to get some more tips. And you mentioned there's something that was really important too around the, the crystal clear communication in all relationships. It's not just about uh, loving relationships. It's something that is needed and probably neglected a bit. Actually, I don't even want to philosophize there. I just feel like it is a an element of any relationships, friends, colleagues, lovers, anything that is absolutely necessity. Oh, children too, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's so important. You bring that tool into every relationship and you watch it grow and thrive. You know, some of my girlfriends and I, we start our conversations with, hey, babe, I need to practice crystal clear communication with you here. Um, You know, the other day when you said this, it made me feel like this, um, I know it's silly, but, you know, just things like that. Or, uh, you know, I might say to Leo, I've got to practice crystal clear communication with you here. When, when you do that, it upsets me because it makes me, you know, whatever it is. And so it's a really powerful tool that will just radically change and upgrade all of your relationships. For sure. There's, that's 
one resonating tip right there that I want everyone to take with them straight away to bring in action. Melissa, I'm going to get a little bit vulnerable with you here. When I first heard you speaking on a podcast a few years ago, um, I, I didn't connect. I wasn't a fan of, of you personally. And I was so judgmental towards you because, and this is me getting very vulnerable to speak this to you, but it was towards your, your style of communicating your message at that time that I couldn't actually, I couldn't hear your message. It took me a long time to actually hear what you had to say. And I've done a lot of work around understanding my internal judgment and, and, you know, suspending judgment, which is always a working progress. But I remember a few years ago, it was really strong within me. And it wasn't until even fully that I was able to connect with you and, and really hear your message after interviewing Nick on the podcast. And it really clicked. And I thought, aha, I still remember thinking, right, Brett, you dumbass. Melissa is a beaming voice and inspiring prime living example of your belief spread and your mission and purpose as well. And I remember saying, huh, she has many of the same beliefs as I do and has done the work and is still doing, as you mentioned before, a lot of the work. And that's when I really started listening to your podcast a lot more and was able to hear your message and resonate with you and your work in a connected way. So I'm kind of saying here that I'm sorry for judging you in that way, but if anyone would understand where I was coming from, I'm, I'm sure you do from the work that you've done. But I'm intrigued to hear you speak to that and speak to judgment from us humans and your experiences with that. Was it because I used the word beautiful so much? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I don't remember ever thinking that it was that word, but it, it just wasn't the way that I had resonated with. It's probably also I came from high performance sport, right? And I came into my journey still with it, holding on to a lot of that and looking. Mm. It's just a different a language and feeling and, and upbringing and I guess, yeah, just a lot of my still – inner beliefs and a lot of the the structure from within me that I was holding on to. Mm, yeah. Okay. So whenever we have a judgment, it is it has nothing to do with the other person and everything to do with us. And I used to be incredibly judgmental. And if I ever feel a judgment come up now, I get my detective hat on and I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Like how, why, why am I judging that person? What is it in, what is it within me that is triggering me in order for me to judge that other person? Cause it's got nothing to do with the other person. So whenever I ever have that judgment come up within me, whether it's about someone or a situation that is played out I always just put my detective cap on and go, right, Melissa, what is this about really? Like why are you feeling the need to judge this person? What is it triggering within you? Because judgment is a very yucky, toxic, unhealthy feeling. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is gross and it is like it is low vibe right? It is really low vibe. And so my aim 
is to live as judgment-free as I possibly can. That is my aim. And so if it ever does pop up, I get inquisitive and I'm like, okay, why is that there? What is it within me that I'm not looking at or that maybe I'm judging within myself? And I use it as an opportunity to go deeper within myself. So anytime we get triggered, whether it's judgment or anger or frustration, they are invitations for healing, invitations for inner healing, invitations for inner transformation. So that's how I look at judgment now. And my atten- my intention is to live as judgment-free as I possibly can. How... How, for people listening to do that, what what's what's a tip for? Because we all do it, as you said, it's a yucky feeling, and when you when you continue to unpack it, you do it less and less. But for for a lot of people listening, maybe they don't know. Well, how do they? How do they stop themselves from judging as often? It comes back to self awareness. So when you have that, when you've done the some inner work, and you've flexed your self-awareness muscle, you can catch it more easily. Because a lot of people are just walking around judging, 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 and don't even realize, you know, and they're like, why do I feel so gross? Mm. They don't even realize. They're not even aware of it. And so self-awareness is the first step in order to catch yourself and to reprogram it. And We are judging a lot when we're in our head. So we're not actually in the present moment. So if you're judging, it's a good indication that you're not actually present because if you're present, you're in your heart and you're in the moment. When you're judging, you're in your head. And so my advice on this would be to become really aware of that inner dialogue and remember that it's your inner mean girl or your inner bad boy. That's the one that's judging. It's not actually your truth. Your heart, your soul is pure love. It doesn't know judgment. It's just, it just knows oneness. It just knows love. And so you're not in your heart. You're not in your true self. You're not being your higher self when you are judging other people. So that's a good little reminder to slide on back down into your heart, get out of your head, get back into the present moment, get back into your heart and to uh, do a little bit of detective work on what that triggered within you and look at that. That's where the transformation happens. Beautiful. I love it. And similar to how you've created the CCC model, I in my teachings have the the AAA battery method where it's uh, awareness. So like you said, you actually have to have that self-awareness that that's what you're doing. And then it's acceptance. Okay, acceptance that I am human, acceptance that I am, I am judgmental in this moment or acceptance of your being in your head more than your heart. And then it's action. Well, what action am I going to take? Is it breathing? Is it movement? Is it whatever the action is that you've learned in your tool belt? So I think that's, uh, that's really powerful. So thank you for understanding my previous judgment towards you. <laughs> no, it's all good. And I love the AAA. I'm going to borrow that. That's awesome. Absolutely. Now we could absolutely just talk for days. There's so many things. You mentioned Ayurveda there and there's so many areas of health that you are so in tune with. And that's why I just highly recommend that people listen to your podcast, read your books, everything like that. We could we could continue to talk, but I will wrap it up shortly. There is a couple of questions that I'd like to ask you before we do. The first one, what do you believe is good action for people to take 
to make more of an impact in their lives and in their communities? Maybe start their inward journey, whatever that looks like for them. Just start cultivating more of a loving relationship with yourself and that will flex your self-awareness muscle and then everything flows so much more easily when we have that self-awareness. Beautiful. Two-part question here. Where can we learn more about you? Where's the best place to follow you on social media or websites, et cetera? And then how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Um, Okay, so you can come and listen and subscribe to my podcast, and that's called The Melissa Rambrosini Show. And then my website is just melissarambrosini.com. I've got heaps of meditations, uh, uh, online courses and eBooks there, and you can get my books there as well. And any live events that I'm doing is also there. And then I'm really active on Instagram and Facebook. So if you... Come and follow me on there. Tell me that you heard this episode and tell me your top three biggest key takeaways from this episode and introduce yourself. I would love to meet you. And um, I guess that's how, yeah, you can help me on my journey is, no, you know what? The way that you can help me is, by yeah telling firstly i'd love for you to tell me what you got out of this what was the biggest aha maybe there's three takeaways and please share that with me um i would absolutely love to read it i read all of my direct messages on instagram so please come and um say hi there and let me know and then just commit to raising your vibration and being the best version of you, whatever that looks like for you. When you raise your vibration, that has a ripple effect on the entire planet. And that is our biggest work. That is our most important job is raising our vibration, is making sure that we are in alignment, that we are living in alignment in every area of our life. That is our biggest job here on earth because it affects the entire planet. And so that is how you can help me on my mission doing that. Oh, I absolutely love it. That's beautiful. Now, one of my top core values is giving and I give all my guests a gift for giving their time and value on the podcast. And I'd love to give you the gift that I read about in a a brilliant article and it was titled, The Gift We Love to Receive But We Often Forget to Give. So it went on to say, there's one form of giving that involves few costs while offering dramatic benefits to the people around us. It's the single best way to help someone fall in love and the most common way that people find a job. It's also the reason that the Beatles and the iPhone came to exist. And that gift is an introduction. So I know that you're a very connected person nationally and globally, but I'd love to introduce and connect you with a great friend of mine, Kath Cashel, who started the Kindness Factory. I sense that kindness is a a great value of yours through the work that you do and the way that you present yourself and every element of your existence. And Kath has an unbelievable story that I think you would love to to hear and, and share with your your community and the things that she's doing around kindness and how she, her strong belief through actions and experience of how kindness is actually helping change and save people's lives. So I would really love to connect you with Kath there. 
Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, I love meeting like-minded, beautiful people like yourself. And in-person is always the best, but, you know, through the interwebs is also awesome. Um, I mean, I just wish I could have dinner parties with all these epic humans like yourself all the time and just be so much fun. Oh, the growth that would happen. It would be amazing to just connect with people like that all the time. It'd be so awesome. I just love it. In person, nothing beats in person. It's it's seriously the best. Absolutely. Human connection. Now, is there anything else that you want to say to the listeners or anything that you would like to ask me? Um, We don't know how long we're here on earth for. We don't know. We have no idea. And we may as well make the most of it. You know, life is so precious. It's sacred. We don't know how long we're here for. So we may as well make the absolute most of it. We may as well love as hard as we can, do something that we care about, have fun, laugh, be silly, dance, travel, do all of the things that you want to do because it's just so special and so sacred and so precious. And we may as well just live the life of our dreams, live our best life, whatever that looks like for us. Melissa, you're a legend. You're a beautiful example of living a life congruently with your mission and your purpose. Keep shining your deep, loving, rocking, soulful and impactful light to the world, my girl. Thank you so much. So grateful. This has been awesome. There you go, legends. What a beautifully connected soul. Are you practicing crystal clear communication? Are you letting judgment be the toxicity of your life? Are you doing the inner development work to ensure you're living your best life? So many key takeaways from this epic chat. Make sure you start listening to Melissa's podcast and follow her on Instagram. And remember, let her know that you heard her on this podcast and share some of your aha moments with her. Also, don't forget you can win one of Melissa's books by coming into the private Facebook group called your life of impact podcast community and all you need to do is create a simple post of what one aha moment or key takeaway message was for you from this episode and as always remember this is your life journey your life of impact